1: Hey, pull up a chair. It's Hacks on Tap with David Axelrod, Robert Gibbs, and Mike Murphy. So going into 2024, the Republicans are going to be looking for candidates who are focused on winning, not just making a point or settling a score. So to really change the country, we're going to have to win And we have to win over voters outside our traditional base. That means young people, too. That's got to be the goal for the next presidential election. The populist movement is about ideas. It is not about any one person. If the voters conclude that you're putting your own ego or your own grudges ahead of what's good for the country, they're going to look elsewhere.
2: Period. Whoa. There you go, Murphy. Whoever thought we'd be listening to Laura Ingram on her Fox News show post-election, essentially joining in the uh, joining in the frenzy to uh, push uh, Donald Trump off the stage. Yeah, you know what? Call me
3: Clouseau, but I smell a memo from Rupert. <laughs> We're going to put the paper behind something else. Cause, well, I'm um, in, I'm in New is... York,
2: man, and uh, the headlines the last few days have been Something, you know, DeSantis the day after the election, yeah. labeled as the future. Uh, then uh, Humpty Trumpy, <laughs> Humpty Trumpy yesterday. Everybody's getting in yeah. on it. It's incredible. And to help us figure
3: that out, we went to the happiest reporter in America. And this will be for you. You real hacker, Rose. But there used to be a wonderful thing on Saturdays in a lot of newspapers, which was the old Evans and Novak inside dope political column, which was my favorite thing in the world to read. And th- that, in an improved variety, I think, and this is my take on it, has been brought back to life by the one and only Jonathan Martin, who is back at the revolutionary cradle hey, for, guys. for journalism. Hey, Jonathan, how you doing? I'm loving the stuff. I'm doing good thanks for that plug yeah I'm really excited about this new uh, platform I'm gonna be doing
1: uh, a lot of reporting still uh, but with a column at Politico and uh, so far so good I've done two already and working on a third now and hope folks will give them
2: a read yeah well you got plenty to you got plenty to chew over my friend <laughs> yeah uh, it's, I think been, so. it's, it's been quite it's yeah. been quite a week so we got to start with look we've been talking about this election for like a year yeah. and the whole, the, you know, much of the last few months, I think Murphy and I were in agreement that if the traditional gravitational forces were at work, that mm-hmm. Democrats were in for a tough night uh, because no. the president's approval rating was low, the economy was not seen as, as good, uh, inflation, you know, at 8% now it's going yeah. down. but. Uh, All of those things traditionally would augur a a tough election for Democrats. It didn't exactly work out that way. And I want to hear from both of you guys. Yeah, I kept framing it as, will this be different this time?
3: Because, you know, there's always all this hype. It'll be different. And it's not that different. Off year bad, inflation bad, bad plus bad equals really bad. But it was different this time. It didn't happen the way it's supposed to. And there are a lot of reasons. And we'd love to get your take. And then we'll dive in. Guys, my view is that there is a sense in this country of just kind of grave, uh,
1: grave uh, uh, uncertainty about what the heck is going on. I think it manifests in a lot of ways. I think one of the obvious ways is just concern about are we the same country and are, are we going to a darker place? Look, on the right, I think it manifests itself with issues like crime, education, public safety more broadly. But I think with the left in the broad middle of the country, I think it manifests itself in ways that really stung the Republicans on Tuesday. And namely about Trump and Trumpism and this larger sort of question of, uh, you know, what is going on with the Republican Party? These guys just seem a little bit extreme or, to borrow a more technical term, crazy, right? And I think (laughs) you could sort of uh, draw a line to, yes, the Dobbs decision. But also the aftermath of January 6th, the election denialism and just the nature of so many of these candidates, they're just not normal seeming. And I think that yeah. really hurt the Republican Party. Um, people who otherwise would vote GOP just want a normal party. And I don't see that today.
2: Our, our old buddy uh, John Anzalone uh, put it really well uh, he said before the election and he said this is you know a test uh, it's a contest between head wins and head cases and uh, <laughs> he, he's I think, here all week ladies and gentlemen yeah too. but We're i gonna... thought it, but i thought it was i thought it was pretty apt uh, you know one of the no, things uh, murphy in the exit polls that really interested me is independent voters independent voters split uh slightly in favor of Democrats generally. And in all of these key Senate races, I think save one, uh, there was like a 10 or 15 point spread, independent voters uh, choosing uh, Democrats. Moderate voters voted, I think 64% of people who call themselves moderates voted Democrat. Uh, And I think this underscores what what J-Mart is saying here. Yeah,
3: no, I think that's part, look, if I had to pick one thing, that the hacks who are interpreting this across the board, and I'll cop to what got wrong, is we took the traditional template, which is the wrong track number is about inflation and Joe Biden. It was about everything, including the wackadoodle factor in the Republican Party. And, you know, what's great, I I don't like being wrong, but I've never been happier because this is the rib-cracking moment for Donald Trump. And we'll we're, we're get into that because we want to talk a little bit about the where the race is now. But this thing was just a wide rejection of, of Republicans running crazy primaries as general elections. So it should have been a good Republican year, but gotten its own way. The last two
1: rough midterms for Democrats, largely came as a result of dips Uh, In turnout, 2010 and 2014, Democrats suffered losses. Guys, I just think in the Donald Trump era, based on 2016 on, I just think we're past A, a, or past a moment of low turnout in any election. I think every campaign cycle is now existential for both parties. This is life and death, good and evil. And the idea of kind of a a pre Trump scenario where one election, one party doesn't show up, I I just think that that's never going to happen. Yeah, it's war uh, and nobody can
3: skip it. Yeah, I think that's right. That's
2: right. That's right. The reason that uh, incumbent parties lose midterm elections, not just the last two Democrats, democratic cycles uh but generally historically uh is because of turnout because the uh incumbent party generally is less uh, right. hungry exactly. hungry hungry than the, yep, uh, exactly uh, than, the right. than the uh the challenging party and there there is this level of excitation now that changed that and look i i thought the pivotal moment uh in this campaign the pivotal weeks came in the uh in the spring and early summer months yeah. for, with the Dobbs decision. Also yeah, a you couple, of give, ma- yeah, yeah. couple of mass shootings yep. uh, in there. but And then yeah. Trump's very, very kind of uh, huge reemergence, uh, both in the campaign and through the January 6th hearings, yeah. the raid on Mar-a-Lago yeah. put him right back in the center ring yeah. uh, of yeah. this election and caused, I think, these independent voters who six months earlier were saying, gee, these Democrats have gone too far left. And yep. now they're looking at the Republicans saying, "Like, what the hell is this?"
3: Well, look, the Republican brand's become toxic, and that you know, eighteen twenty. This is not like a new narrative. Run crazy candidates lose election. Let, let's dive into the Thursday update, though. It's Thursday morning. The, the House is narrowly, and we're, we should get to the leadership uh, stuff, and Jay Merritt, I know you're covering that like a blanket, uh, with McCarthy turning to his conference. Who uh, It's not shock and all, it's shock and rage uh, for not meeting expectations. But let's try to figure out where this is going to land. The Senate, if Nevada, which is being counted, winds up to be a survival for originally embattled incumbent Uh, Senator uh, uh, Cortez Masto, if she survives, and if I had to bet right now, I bet she would based on what's still out in Democratic Clark County, then the Republicans will not get control of the Senate no matter what happens in the Georgia runoff.
2: You know, uh, it's interesting because the people who were polling in Nevada were telling me going into the election, well, you know, we have her up a point or two, but we don't really believe it. You know, it doesn't yeah. square with the year and <laughs> yeah, everything. Yeah. And well, they've been down out- on her
3: for a year. The Dems have always thought something's wrong there.
2: Right, but uh, where we are right now, and j probably knows at least as much as I do, but, uh, uh, you know, with uh, some of the late returns that came in overnight from the northern part of the state and then uh, – uh, some Clark County numbers. She's in striking distance now, and there's a big dump coming today of uh, absentee ballots that are being cast uh, counted in, uh, in Clark County. That's Las Vegas, 75 percent of the state or so. Uh, and she could take the lead on the strength of those mm-hmm. ballots if they come in as the other mail vote votes have sort of two to one in her favor uh, put a pin in this for a second we ought to talk at some point about you test said this years ago murphy but the damage trump did to this party by telling them they can't use mail-in ballots right you know i don't know for sure it could go one way or the other but most democrats i've talked to this morning in in, in nevada are feeling like she may nose this guy out uh uh you know laxalt adam laxalt out by you know five six eight thousand votes
1: Well, guys, the show is called Hacks on Tap, so I I feel comfortable raising this. Uh, Nevada is one of the last truly uh, hacky states, and I use that phrase in the best possible uh, way. Um, Yeah, that's what we do here. It really is the last machine. Uh, You know, Senator Reid ran uh, a machine in Nevada, sort of centered in southern Nevada, Clark County. aimed at sort of mobilizing the casino workers and getting them to the polls every two years. Uh, Senator, but his machine is alive and apparently well. Uh, if Master pulls this thing out, he's got a lieutenant out there by the name of Rebecca Lamb. Yeah, uh, man, legend, a really respected uh, operative who is, um, I think, quietly uh, helping um, uh, sort of sustain the Reed machine out there and. Um, yeah, there were doubts among Democrats that, uh, the Nevada was winnable this year in part because of the economy and part because of gas prices uh, out there are five yeah. bucks a gallon. But yeah. it does seem like from, from, from my conversations acts that Masto is going to have, uh, the, the votes to come back when all the mail is counted at week's end in Las Vegas. And I will just say, uh, Competitive elections uh, are pretty frequent out uh, in Nevada. The, the political history nuts out there, what we'll recall Reed's victory over John Enson in 1998. I think it was like under 600 votes. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So this has happened time and time again, and I think we're on the same track now.
3: You know, it's yeah. funny. the. Um... Now, the R's are saying, don't worry, rural Nevada will bail us out. And if you look, you know, rural Nevada, basically every county in Nevada except Clark and, and uh, washoe is too, Reno, um, is overwhelmingly Republican. The problem is they're small. If you ever right. stood in the middle of Clark County, you know, and not just the Strip, Summerlin and all that, it's a lot of people. So it's going to take a lot of, of Barneyvilles to make that up. Maybe they will, but uh, – if the numbers that are being rumored are right, uh, uh, she's holding the better cards. The other thing is there's been a, a a pattern of the Democrats underperforming with Latinos. And this is a state where that was thought to be a factor. But the, the, the Culinary Union, heavily Latino, heavily organized, and part of that old Harry Reid machine. So, you know, that narrative may fall apart this year there. And Latino voters who may be attracted to some Republican issues are perfectly... Happy looking at candidates that they're not excited about and saying no thanks. So you know that that thing could come to a bit of a stall. Too. She's
2: getting sixty-two percent of yeah. Latinos in the uh, in the exit polls. I mean, there is an issue. There's no doubt uh, nationally, and obviously in S- Southern Florida, it's the still most still there. Uh,
3: Florida was like an island of of
2: difference this year, right? But the uh, you know there has been. Uh, I think four years ago, uh, Democrats had a forty uh, percent. Uh, margin with uh Hispanic voters now it's down to 21 in these exit polls but we can talk about more more about that later uh governor's race doesn't look as bright for uh for uh Democrats out there the incumbent governor Steve sislock he maybe end up being the only incumbent defeated inc- incumbent governor defeated
1: that's right that's
2: right yeah so uh and in terms of Arizona I think people Democrats are pretty they're cautiously optimistic about uh about senator kelly uh surviving in his race with blake masters another trump candidate
3: there's a ton of vote up, but it's mostly maricopa county which should be and and, and some deep. from pima which right. is tucson even more d
2: now the governor's race there with the uh warrior queen of election denial uh carrie lake on the republican <laughs> side is uh is is uh pretty much tied at, uh uh hobbs uh uh, the Democrat candidate is about 12,000 votes ahead. Uh, that one is a little less clear, although, as you'd expect, uh, uh, Lake is, uh, Lake is uh, already declaring that she's going to win, which I think she would do either way. So <laughs> she adopts the Trump notion that either you win or you, or you uh, say the election was fraudulent. Uh, but there's more question about that, and we'll see what happens with that one. But in terms of control of the Senate, you know, everybody's pointing to this runoff in Georgia. That runoff in Georgia may not be for control of the Senate. Well, can I interject for a minute
3: back up to Arizona before we jump to Georgia? Agree with all that, though, Katie Hobbs did run an awful campaign, and for her to be propped up, that shows there were big generic wave forces going the other way, too, just pure old anti-Republican and anti-Lake crazy. Which is interesting because that was not and part of anti- the narrative. And anti-Trump. Yeah, yeah, right. All of this stuff is spawned from the central
2: orange orb, yeah. It is true that uh, those who Trump touched, Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania, who Trump created, wound up I think uh, suffering for it in a general election. And Trump, of course, wanting to be the center of attention arrives in Pennsylvania at just the most inopportune moment, forces Oz to go out and appear with him. Uh, and I think that contributed to Oz's problems uh, in Pennsylvania. And
3: just a footnote on Bobert: that was a place where there was active Republican visible help for Frisch. Hell, I sent him money. But even the primary point from Bobert endorsed him, there was a real Republicans against crazy thing in that election. And that's a trend you may see more of. Okay, then let's take a break
2: right here and we'll be right back. So Murphy, I haven't had a good night's sleep in a while. It's election week. I'm in New York doing uh, TV stuff and other stuff. And I'm exhausted and I have to get home. And you know why? It's not just my lovely wife. It's not just my wonderful dog. I got to get a good night's sleep and I need to get back to my Helix mattress. Oh, I
3: know. I know. It's your
2: magic elixir. You ought to get another one you travel with. No, I know. That's that's what I need. But I, honest to God, and people have heard me say it before, I love this thing. And I, I, I tried it out as an obligation and now I can't live without it.
3: Well, let's tell the good people about how you fell under the sway of the Helix mattress. I've done a little detective work here and we all know that Helix Sleep is a premium mattress brand. But what they can do is tailor the mattress based on your unique sleep preferences. They crack the Axlerod code that no other mattress has ever been able to crack in many, God, decades, yes. many decades. So it all starts with an online test. You go on and you take this quick online test to zero in on your sleep pattern. And then boom, it takes about two minutes and they have you dialed in and they ship your
2: personalized mattress right to your door free of charge. Yeah, the thing arrives and you know, sort of rolled up in plastic, and you think, what the heck is this? You cut the plastic, the mattress unfurls, and and it really was, I'm not kidding, it's really, really extraordinary. It does fit my particular body type, which, you know, Adonis, (laughs) but uh, it fits my body type and my habits for sleep, and it just really, really... Is comfortable. There's some real first-rate structural engineering going on there to fit your body type. I'll tell you. No kidding. Yes, they 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 must have had the geniuses working overtime on that one. But I, you know how I did. I took I took that Helix sleep quiz, and I was matched up with a, a model that fit my needs. The quiz took like a matter of minutes. And you know what? Helix mattresses. I like this. Are American made and come with a 10 to 15 year warranty, depending on the model, and. You get to try it out for a 100 nights risk-free. So if you don't love it, though I know you will, if you don't, they will pick it up and they will give you a full refund. So how do you beat that? You know, it's hard, and it's got so
3: many clever engineering details. It, it has the responsive memory foam. It gives you extra spinal support if you need that. So every single Helix mattress is actually a hybrid design with individually wrapped steel coils in the base, and then the premium foam layers on top, special cooling features. I'm telling you, it's a magnificent mattress. And I, even when we're off the air and not getting paid, Hey, what's going on in it. the elections? Well, let me tell you about my mattress. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It drives me crazy. Hey, it looks like everything's going crazy tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This mattress. So check it out. Find American-made product. And remember, you get 100 nights risk-free to test it. If you don't love it, you're going to send it right back and you get a full refund.
2: And here's the, be- here's the best thing. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners so go to helixsleep.com slash hacks that's helix h-e-l-i-x sleep.com slash hacks because with helix better sleep starts now
3: j mark georgia take us through it what do you think it's a Runoff. Warnock knows that before. Will it be a big national proxy battle if Nevada stays Democratic? Nevada, sorry.
1: Uh, deja vu all over again. Is as to borrow from Yogi. Uh, Yogi, a, yes. A Donald Trump shadowed Georgia Senate runoff. Uh, the only question is if it's for all the marbles, like, like it was two years ago. The good news for uh, for us and for sanity' uh, sake, is uh, <laughs> that it's going to be in December, not January. This yeah. so we don't have to drag this thing. Obviously you holidays. don't own a
2: TV station in uh, Atlanta or you yeah, can Atlanta, something. Atlanta,
1: yeah, to... no, exactly. I, I should have invested in the one after the last one. Um uh but look, I think if if this thing is is, is mooted by Nevada and Democrats retain control of the Senate, I I think there's gonna be uh less interest, uh obviously less money spent, but still a, a lot of uh a lot of money is gonna be dropped there because this is gonna be a down payment obviously on twenty twenty four. Um, My sense is that uh, the the Trump factor will be significant here. If he goes forward next week with an announcement and it just effectively, guys, he puts a gun to the head of every Republican elected official and says, with me or against me. I think that is the dominant storyline for weeks and weeks, including leading up to and during this Georgia runoff. And the question becomes, what does Walker say? What does Brian Kemp say, the governor? Uh, I think it's going to create an enormous distraction. And if they won't endorse him and Trump gets angry, that could have the same effect there that his having a tantrum had in 2021. 2020. and Keep folks home. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting how they handle his offer to campaign nonstop because in the closing of of, of this thing, they, they basically told him he's needed other places.
1: And that's the other thing. Like imagine if, if DeSantis is there stomping for Walker, uh, and Trump, you know, sees that and goes ballistic. Right. Uh, it's, I mean, it's hard to imagine a unity event with DeSantis and Trump uh, and
3: Herschel Walker. <laughs> you, you need to have uh, uh, five extra metal detectors. You uh, have to divide it up four ways and wand the candidates. I, I think exactly. that's going to be entertaining because Trump's in a spin.
2: Yeah, let me ask you guys a question. Yeah, I mean, everything you guys are saying is true. I mean, And and Walker truly is a, uh, another candidacy that he created. So I'm sure he feels uh, like, uh, authorship of that wants credit exactly. for it uh, unless exactly. and until Walker loses and then he'll give Mitch McConnell credit for it. But We'll say Herschel who? Yeah, exactly. Barely knew the guy. He a basketball player?
1: Yeah, a basketball player or something?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, my question is, if Democrats win Nevada and Arizona, it seems to me it kind of changes the dynamic a little bit because there will be Republicans who don't like Herschel Walker and and there were you know 4 or 5% who voted for Warnock the democrat and voted for Kemp. Yeah. If the thing is for control of the Senate, I mean theoretically some people are going to hold their nose and vote for Walker. Uh exactly. because Yeah, it weakens the grip. There's no doubt about it.
3: If it's it's not a proxy war for the Senate, then why do you have to put up with Herschel?
2: You got a theory you said. What is
3: it? Well, here's my theory. Uh, Mitch McConnell's sitting in his plotting room right now. Jasper, bring the martinis. (laughs) And my killing knife. The makers mark more like it. (laughs) Right, right. No, exactly. Much more like it. But anyway, from McConnell's point of view, you know, riddle me this. He's thinking, all right, we got to get rid of Trump, blah, blah, blah. But right now, it would be great to be in the majority. But if we're not in the majority, the Senate map in 2024 is fantastic for us. So we like being in opposition. We can hammer away at Biden. We can play for 2024. I don't know if we're going to break our back for Herschel Walker. It will just be a living embarrassment here in a dead-even Senate. So maybe maybe let right. Trump and Herschel wilt on the vine, and I'll be the locked-in leader in 2024 when the, when the map is two-to-one pro-Republican over Democrat. It's heaven for the Republicans if they can yeah. get out of their own way. So there's a long game, 24 months for Mitch, that
2: might be appealing because his enemies really get hurt. My my uh, strong feeling is that Mitch McConnell will not be the leader in 2025. Uh, my, you know, this yes. th- I think a week into his term, he becomes the longest serving the leader yeah. in yeah. history. I think that's what he's after. I think he probably told John Thune the hair apparent, which is why he uh, Thune d- agreed to run again when Thune was not going to yeah. run again.
1: Guys, there's a great book that came out earlier this year. It's called uh, "This Will Not Pass."
2: My God, how, <laughs> God, we, how much do we have to whore for you here, man?
1: And, uh, it's still available now on Amazon or your local bookseller.
2: It's a great, it actually is a great book. Even uh, I, I will say it. So Jay Mart doesn't have to, it's a great book. J- just go, go to Amazon
3: slash hacks. You get 20% off. I yeah, kid. this will I kid. not
1: pass. Right, guys, here's <laughs> the good news in that book, uh, uh, Ax, uh, you're exactly right. Uh, uh, late, late in 20, uh, Twenty-one. When John Thune was really wrestling with uh, whether or not to run again, uh, he had a conversation with McConnell during which McConnell told him uh, uh, something along the lines of, "Look, I, you know, I'm not going to be here forever," and I, Thune got the message. And yeah. Thune, of course, did in fact decided to run again a couple weeks later.
3: And Thune again, Thune, no Trump favorite. So yeah, no,
2: no. Yeah, yeah,
1: But one, but one overwhelmingly in South Dakota with no primary and, and rolled the general.
2: Yeah. I don't think it's going to be any picnic and this is a, this is a, a a segue but a natural one i don't think it's going to be any picnic for uh McConnell, uh to handle the things that the house sends over uh i i'm sure he's not looking forward to that because it's going to be a very strange deal if they can pass anything oh, yeah. over there but uh oh my gosh i mean that's the sh- the, it, the those races were the senate races were uh surprising because you expect it in a year like this, for reasons Murphy artic- uh, articulated earlier, you expect the close ones maybe to tip to the out party. But everyone expected the House by the end of this thing. Everybody thought the House was in the 20 to 30. Maybe yeah. some people thought it could go to 35. They're struggling to get a majority here. And and everyone said before the election, you know, if McCarthy doesn't, ha- if he, he doesn't pick, you know, yeah. Uh, 20. He's going to exactly. have a hard time. He's going to have a hard time, maybe even surviving, but certainly running this yeah. caucus. Well,
3: that was my question yeah. for Jmart, who is well sourced yeah. in this area. How many telegram and other encrypted uh, text started at about 10 p.m. on election night about what do we do about Kevin? Now, the McCarthy guys are putting oh out the God. line. Oh, we're going to make a deal with Freedom Caucus. But boy, oh boy, I think this is going to make the Game of Thrones look like Mother Goose.
1: Yeah, no, no. Kevin's got a big problem, which is the hard right faction, the Freedom Caucus in the House, uh, uh, does not trust him and wants him to effectively uh, uh, create a set of rules. Most significantly, a rule that would let uh, a, the um, the the conference vote uh, to vacate his speakership uh, right. anytime they want. Yeah, and, ejector uh, button. You know, I, McCarthy does not want to give them that rule change, but if he only has guys a four or five vote vote majority, it's going to be really difficult. And the other problem he has is that it's a smaller, more diminished crowd, but Murphy's some of your old buddies in the more sort of Tuesday group, a moderate wing of the party in the House conference, well, most of them are gone, but the ones that are left don't have much regard for for Kevin McCarthy. And so, you know, he's... So, so he, he, he's got a problem in the middle and the far right here, and does not have a lot of room to play with. And there's no lack of people who would happily step over, uh, step over Kevin McCarthy to to take speakership
3: if he fails how about a few names you know uh, McHenry took himself out but I never believed that there's Scalise w- w- what chatter Calise is right the here? obvious
2: one. well what about yeah I think I've heard a rumor that Scalise is the guy gonna go after him that, that, who, that's David? the rumor Scalise yeah he's been
3: the the number one contender for a while and he did the old well of course I won't run against him long pause what do you think <laughs> Jay Mark no I think Scalise is
1: the obvious person who would step forward he's a lot of relationships because of his job as web and I, he's sort of seen as conservative enough, but, but not far right. I think he could certainly be some, somebody who would, who would, um, uh, be able to step up. Uh, I don't think he would be a sort of hugely dynamic force, but if they just want somebody to sort of keep the factions together for this Congress, I think he'd obviously be a person they'd look to. I think a bit more of a gamble would be somebody like Jim Banks or Elise Stefanik who are more Trumpy, uh, in nature. And, uh, uh what sort of happily uh, pick up the kind uh, of Trumpist mantle guys well one thing to note for your listeners if trump does go through with this announcement next week it's going to come at the same time guys as uh the kevin
3: mccarthy vote for speaker so at some point i think those two things could get kind of linked oh, totally. won't he go after mccarthy now and you know he'll go after Mitch, but he's gotta blame somebody other than him. I don't know if he'd go after Kevin, but I I can see Trump
1: telling some of the rank and file in the House that that they have to tell Kevin to be for Trump uh if they want if they want his or her vote, you know?
3: Yeah, I'll tell you, next week is exactly the wrong time for Trump to make a big power play. You know, because he's gonna he's gonna reach right into the wood chipper.
2: Yeah. I, I just I wonder what that means in terms of what the next two years are going to be like, because you know, if McCarthy or whomever is sitting there, literally has a a, uh, you know, I I don't want in this day and age to say a gun oh, cop, but you know, right but but, yeah. but they but they're basically going to you know be at the mercy of the crazy people.
1: Yeah, no, exactly, and it's one thing actually. To have a fifteen-vote advantage, where you can marginalize them, but Kevin doesn't have that anymore. So it's going to be extremely difficult two years if you can get the job in the first place, and then if you can survive.
2: Yeah. So uh, what I was saying before about McConnell is now maybe they're just not going to send anything over to him. But you could see impeachment, and the
3: impeachment will be harder with five or eight seats. I mean, they're the Freedom Caucus will want it. Right.
1: How do you tell those folks? No, we're not going to impeach the Homeland Security Secretary. yeah well if you don't go forward then i'm i'm no longer for you well
3: and that's also the problem for kevin on the ejector button deal with the freedom caucus they say all right we're making speaker we can fire you anytime we want the next move will be shut down the government or you're fired and the third one will be impeach biden or you're fired so he can never agree to that deal and
1: don't forget guys the biggest Kevin McCarthy critic out there is none other than Tucker Carlson, who's got access to an enormous megaphone every night on the most watched uh, show in the conservative uh, universe. And, boy, if he if he turns his guns at Kevin on the air every night, I mean, that's yeah. going to create huge
3: problems with Kevin. Well, what's Rupert going to do with his talent though? Because I wonder if the leash is going to get pulled now. We heard Ingram at the top of the show who's now picked up her circus and moved over to the edge of sanity Town. Big move. <laughs> we, we see The Wall Street Journal, which has been there before, but they're pounding. National reviews pounding. The post has, you know, New York Post has wood with Humpty Dumpty Trumpy.
1: The Wall Street Journal and, and New York Post have whacked Trump before. What I want to see is, will Fox News itself, be right. airwaves, will they sustain an attack on Trump uh, for for weeks and weeks? Because last time, guys, we saw this movie, they stopped it when their radio yes. went south
3: yeah.
1: after 20. They
3: have a better yeah. show to do now, though, because they have the contenders, DeSantis and everybody. They can cover a war and that that is something to go to from where they are now as opposed to just go anti-Trump. The Trump's Achilles
1: heel guys, is being a loser, and if he's a loser, that's the the one thing the party can't tolerate. The party can tolerate a lot. They can't tolerate a loser.
2: But the question is, among his base, who hate the Republican establishment, by the way, uh, among his base, uh, do they stick with him, and how do they react to uh, the establishment moving against Trump? uh you know i just uh i've lost a lot of money betting against trump uh and i'm not I, I just i know there's an impulse now to say this is it he's done
3: i don't know if he's it but he's bleeding and remember totally there, there are two two establishment. there's the party establishment the base hates and there's the conservative establishment and they're different and if if trump equals losing I think it's kryptonite We'll see how long it sticks, because as you say, his brand is winning. And this one, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out Trump ruined the Republican opportunity. Trump has been the best thing to happen to the left since uh, Das Kapital. So if that sticks, we already seen the polling. What kind of job do you think Trump does? Eighty five percent. Should he be the nominee again? Forty five percent. So we'll see. But this is big. This is the biggest thing since TMZ. For Trump, and it's happening within the Republican Party. I mean, some of your guys in CNN, I it looked like the ice capades; they were spinning around. Uh, now they're suddenly. Oh, I, I never saw any of them at the old anti-Trump meetings, but now, now
2: they're there. I think that the people who are with Trump as a matter of expediency, and I'm not commenting on my colleagues, but as a pe- people who are there as a matter of expediency, are now jumping off the shift and, and ship, and they feel. Comfortable for a couple of reasons. One is uh, they're holding hands. The second is that uh, DeSantis had a big night in Florida. Yeah, very and shiny. He's looking looking like a behemoth, and so they feel like there's someone they can leap onto here. I mean, I'm of the, it'll be interesting to see. He did have a big night. He went by like 20 points or something. I mean, uh, he. I'm not diminishing what he did, and I'm not diminishing. Uh, the fact that he is a formidable uh, political force at this moment. He did outspend his opponent by like 10 to one. one, Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, is uh, helpful. And, uh, and his opponent was Charlie Crist, which is also helpful. Uh, (laughs) You know, so. (laughs) Tough but
1: fair, as we say.
2: Remember Joe Lewis used to have the bum of the month club. Uh, (laughs) So, so I don't know, you know, I, I think it, it's tbd as to whether
1: back on with you man i i wanna i wanna i wanna wait I, i just think that we've been down this road so many times uh this is the one there's no way trump can survive this and the voters his voters just don't care because they like the guy and so let's see uh if they do start moving away from him in a big way and i think that is why This question about Fox is so significant because, of course, if they do a sustained campaign pro DeSantis and or anti-Trump, I think that could actually move the rank and file.
3: Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. My my main point, though, is not it's the end of Trump, is that Trump is in a massively different world than he thought he'd be in on the 15th now. No question. The world he was heading toward was claiming credit and the media would have given it to him for a bunch of wins and Biden would be curled up in a ball trying to figure out how to survive a primary challenge. Right. Now right. Biden's on offense and Trump is on defense, badly so. That's and right. people who would who would jump out of windows to salute Trump before are openly talking about we gotta find somebody new and half the primary voters are saying that. So that that's, that's not right. the end, but boy, he's in play now, which is what is
2: new. Murdoch and those guys are pressing all his hot buttons you know the headline in the Wall Street Journal editorial the biggest loser and so on I mean, which is Trump's worst nightmare right he's built yeah. a whole his whole lifetime has been built around the mythology exactly. of the yeah, winner tough guy and so you know how this works on his head I gotta imagine that they need a whole new set of China at Mar-a-Lago this week <laughs> I, I expect that a lot of plates were shattered against the wall when these results came in and when he started reading this yeah. stuff. But, you know, I just, I, you know, we'll wait and see. I, I also, by the way, take a wait and see on DeSantis as a as a presidential contender. Right. This is the
3: beginning of, of something. It's not the end. He's in many ways his talking horse to show theoretically a non-Trump conservative can find oxygen in the electorate. But whether or not he's the guy, I, I'm with you. I'm not sure.
1: And Murph is right. It's just starting. But this is the delayed conversation. That is sort of left over from 20 because were it not for Trump's denialism then, which I would say, which sort of like I think paralyzed that conversation, this would have all been had out in November, December, and January yeah. uh, after the 20 election. But because of what Trump did. Uh, nobody could really say, "Hey, you know, we've lost the House, White House, now the Senate under this guy. You know, maybe we should move on." I think we're finally getting to that deferred conversation here, where it just—it's it's impossible to avert your gaze. Yeah. Uh, if you're a Republican, you gotta sort of start talking about this.
3: Rule of threes—you know, the third time is, is is pretty clear.
1: The seventh kick of the mule, as as Sam <laughs> Rayburn uh, once said, right. <laughs>
3: All right, we're going to leave for a minute to pay the power bill, and then we'll be right back. I am fed up. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, I mean, you need a microscope to read the fine print, and believe me, it's written by people who graduated from the Harvard Law School, and they're not out to help you. So if we've learned anything, is that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless, starting at just, get this, 15 bucks a month, I thought, well, there's got to be a catch. But after talking to Mint and using the service, it all
2: made. There's no catch. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings on to you. So for anyone who hates their phone bill, and that takes in a lot of folks, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just, Murphy, get this, $15 a month. It's unbelievable. And you don't have to go to the store with
3: the guy in the polo shirt and the hard sell (laughs) uh, <laughs> you know, it's just so much easier I, I, and so I much can't cheaper. stand that
2: guy in the polo shirt. With yeah. the logo, yeah. It gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or for a family, and at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. What? Unlimited talk? They're talking your
3: language, Axelrod, and <laughs> mine too. So use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan. They just switch out the little chip there so you get to keep the phone you like, keep the same number, and you keep all your existing contacts. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just fifteen dollars a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free. For free. Mintmobile.com slash the magic word hacks. Mintmobile.com
2: slash hacks. Cut your wireless bill to fifteen bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hacks. <laughs> Uh, one of the things that struck me in the crosstabs uh, of, of uh, I'm sorry, in the uh, in the exit polls uh, was that almost as many people said that they were voting against uh, voting against to send a message to Trump. You know, voting against Trump as said they were no. voting against Biden. It's as if there were exactly. two incumbents exactly. on the playing field.
3: Yeah, uh, which is one
2: thing. of the reasons why this didn't behave like like a normal election.
3: Yeah, I mean think about that accomplishment making a midterm with high inflation not all about the, all about guy, the incumbent yeah. president. That's yeah. a that's a I mean Trump ought to get a little trophy for that one cuz that has never really been done before. I mean Saddam did it to Bush's midterm but
1: no, Biden. Biden is not incidental, guys. But compared to past presidents, his role on the political terrain is so much more um, uh, reduced uh, than what it should be for an incumbent president. Talking to Democratic voters at, at two rallies. I was in Vegas for Obama right before the midterms, and then I was with Biden himself at a rally for a House candidate in San Diego, and just talking to Democratic uh, rallygoers. I can tell you. They wouldn't even bring up Biden. They, they wanted to talk about Trump. Uh, I think Trump is so animating for for Democrats. Yeah. And yeah. I'd have to I'd have to raise Biden's name.
3: Wow, that is. And the, you know what did Biden do with the win? I, I didn't think his press conference was any home run. He did the old incumbent thing of let's talk about my accomplishments.
2: We got some clips. I just want to say one thing leading into that. This is extraordinary, and it's been written about in various places. But Biden, uh, but Democrats normally, if you don't like the president. In a midterm, you vote against his party. A majority of voters who said they somewhat disapproved of Biden uh, voted for Democrats. And, you know, I think it's a measure of there's a sort of benign nature to Biden uh, that allows for that. I don't think there's a lot of hate. uh, There is maybe in the the hardcore base, but he just doesn't inspire that. Uh, So, you know, people were willing to separate their things. So, you, you say that the uh, midterm was an accomplishment for Trump for uh, the way he influenced that election. And here's what the president had to say.
4: While the press and the pundits are predicting a giant red wave, uh, it didn't happen. And I know you were somewhat miffed by my, uh, my uh, obsessive optimism, but uh, I felt good during the whole process. I thought we were going to do fine. While any seat lost is painful, some good Democrats didn't win the last night. Democrats had a strong night. And we lost fewer seats in the House of Representatives than any Democratic president's first midterm election in the last 40 years. And we had the best midterm for governors since 1986.
3: Well, you know, they're running down the White House hallway saying, you did it, sir.
2: And that's the wrong mentality. I mean he's right, of course, about what he said, and we've got to talk about the governors before we get off of this. But he also, you know, they asked him if he was if he would do things what would he do differently. He said nothing. Uh you know, I, I'm not I, I he has every right to be uh to be relieved by the results uh, I sure would have used yesterday just to sort of say a good word about democracy and the American people, uh, expressing themselves and, you know, calling for a a sanity in our politics. And, you know, now let's get to work. We've got, and, you know, obviously we have some big problems we, we have to tackle and let's, let's get going. J.
3: Mart, what's your take?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I thought, I thought he would be triumphant and I thought he would, uh, uh, talk a little bit more about sort of democracy and just capture the spirit of his speech uh, the previous week. Um, but look, this is not Biden's strength, right? <laughs> That's why he doesn't do many of these press conferences. Yeah. Uh, they tend to be kind of nothing burgers. Uh, uh, but but look, he, he's entitled to a victory lap, right? I mean, he he was not wanted in, in a lot of places. In the places he did go, uh, the party did pretty damn well. So good for him. Mm-hmm.
3: I'm waiting to hear Kamala's statement. You know, her her impressive campaigning. Round the clock, several rural counties, many even with a radio station, made a key difference in the, <laughs> the thing. They, they've got a moment now, though, to reset a little bit because it was a vote for the, what the theory of Biden was when he won, which is competent, steady, full speed ahead, no crazy. I think they've got to you know refocus it to go forward of what he's about now rather than, you know, thank God that
2: I had that Build Back Better plan that didn't pass. You know, I guess. The, I guess the thing that bothered me was that he had a chance to tell a story about the country, yeah, uh, and make it about the country and not about himself, and um, and and that was a missed opportunity. Uh, he did get asked the inevitable question on whether he's going to run for president, which is on everybody's or like everybody in Washington's mind. And here's what what he said.
4: How do you t- interpret last night's results in terms of deciding whether you want to seek another term? Is, is it now more likely that you will run? And what's going to be your timeline for consideration? Well, first of all, Jill and I have, and by the way, it's my wife Jill, um, uh, um, who's held a lot more popular than I am in the Democratic Party, too. But anyway, any rate, um, all kidding aside, uh, our, our intention is to run again. That's been our intention regardless of what the outcome of this election was. Um, and uh, the fact that we won, we, I didn't run, run, the fact that the Democratic Party outperformed anything anyone expected and did better than any off-year of presidency since John Kennedy, is one that gives everybody like, whew, sigh of relief that the mega Republicans are not taking over the government again, et cetera. And uh, so uh, my judgment of running when I announce if I I my intention is that I run again. But I'm a great respecter of fate. And uh, this is ultimately a family decision. I think everybody wants me to run, but going, we're going to have discussions about it. And I don't feel in any any hurry one way or another. What to, to, to make that judgment.
2: He did say, he went on to say that it would be in, uh, that he thought by the first part of the year that he would make uh, a decision.
1: Start the clock. Start
2: the clock, guys. <laughs> Famous last word. There
1: you go. Famous last words. Yeah. we're on Biden time now.
2: Yeah, well, this is a big <laughs> thing because if he is running, it doesn't make that much of a difference, although there are things he presumably has to begin doing in order to get ready to run. If he's not running, and I've said this before, uh, the longer he delays, the harder it is on the Democratic Party because you can't have a full-out campaign and figure out who is the right person right. Uh, to run. So I think it could come down to Nevada. If Nevada and Georgia pop the wrong
3: way or there's a lightning bolt in Arizona and the Republicans take the Senate, then, yeah, this thing's a win, but it's Dunkirk because they have the House and Senate even narrowly. And I think Biden's already tenuous situation gets a lot worse. If they hold on and if Herschel goes down as a consequence of that because it becomes less important, then
2: I think he gets a little recharge. But you're right. He has to be a droid about this. We're talking around the elephant in the room because I don't think the issue is political at all. I think that he did have a better midterm and he's got stuff that he could run on. I don't think this is a political issue. I think, you know, I've said, well, well, you're going to age. Yeah. History is going to be much kinder to Biden than the voters are right now, because I think he's accomplished uh, some things that have generational importance. And uh, he, he got rid of Trump for crying out loud, uh, which alone makes him a, a president of historical importance. But uh, yeah, I'm going to age. Exactly. I'm going to age. Uh, speaking to my horn. I'm sorry. I'm trying to put the conversation in the right tone this you can't you can't have an honest conversation about this without recognizing that there isn't a focus group in the country right first of all 27 percent of people said they want him to run again and you know the numbers for, uh, kind of shock yeah, he's got to see
1: that right he's got to see
2: that i would think so i would think so and uh he was asked about it and he just you know he said what would you say to this said, watch me which is always his answer i you know the problem is they they are watching and they know that he is an older person. Yeah,
3: there's just no no chin music he could do right now to make it go away. So he's punting for time. So I'm kind of sympathetic to the answer he gives. But he's got to get great at messaging to offset the age thing.
1: Yes, Mike, he's punting for time, no question about it. But I think his hand was strengthened in these midterms. I like, There's lots of uh, Democrats I just wrote about there. Oh, I agree
3: with that. If the Senate doesn't flip.
1: They don't want him to run. But I think it's harder to say he's some massive drag when he has a midterm uh, as good as it was for Democrats. I think it offers some reassurance to the party. That maybe Biden, even as a caretaker president, running like the most extreme Rose Garden campaign in history, is actually like the best bet we have. I can see that scenario among Democrats that better off having the guy campaigning from the the Lincoln bedroom, uh, you know, uh, in an armchair at a TV dinner than have, uh, (laughs) you know, somebody else take, take the risk of a primary. I can see that argument.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm sure people will make that argument. The question is when you get to a general election, you know, how do you answer the question? I mean, obviously, it depends on who he's running against to yeah. some degree, but the question is yeah. going to be you'll be 86 by the end of your term. I don't know. I think it's a big concern.
3: Yeah, it's tricky, man, to make a plus. I, I get where you're going, J Mart, which is Biden asleep is better than Trump awake. But if it's Trump, if DeSantis can become a pretty good candidate and he's shiny and young, the foggy issue, it, 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 let's put it this way, it's not going to be less and it's already pretty big. But,
1: Mike, it's not even just, just Biden asleep versus Trump awake. It's, it's Biden asleep versus a Democratic field that, that may be more of a risk uh, running against Trump than Biden asleep, you know?
2: What, what does that say about the Democratic Party? If they embrace that theory, what does it say about the Democratic Party? That, that
1: they're paralyzed about Donald Trump's return. That's what it says. Hmm. You
3: know?
2: Yeah, it, it says the bench is a little, little thin. Okay, let's take a break right here for a word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back.
3: All right, listeners, here's a test. Spell this. Oh, yeah. Expialidocious. Well, you can't. Why? Because I slurred it. But also because you may not be listening (laughs) to the high-quality headphones that we at Hacks on Tap really want you to listen to, so you get every syllable of our, our insight and our puffery. How do
2: you fix that, David? What do you go get? You know, and this is particularly timely because of the holiday season coming up right now. You can shop early, skip the stress, and snag some of the best deals of the season on something everyone will love, which is premium audio products from Raycon. When you're looking for a gift everyone needs or a stocking stuffer that's not a candle for once, Murphy, hint, hint, Raycons (laughs) are the way to go. Their
3: wireless earbuds, headphones and speakers offer premium sound, useful features and almost custom comfortable fit, which is so important with earphones. And get this, my favorite part, because I have them, I use them. You get up to 54 hours of battery life because nothing's worse than hearing David go on for an hour and a half and bingo, your battery (laughs)
2: dies. Yeah, so I'm glad you got those now. Plus, Raycon <laughs> makes it easy with holiday gift guides for everyone in your life, your mom, your dad, your coworker, your fitness instructor, your lover, your gamer, uh, your podcast partner. Uh, so- <laughs> okay, I hear you. I hear you.
3: Look, you can knock out that list of all those people you care about in the holidays and get 30% off by volume shopping. You can go to one of Raycon's holiday books bundles and that way you can get somebody a remote speaker you can get friends that need a pair of Raycon buds you you can mix and match and get that big discount 30 percent it's the perfect holiday solution because what everyone doesn't need are two little white stems hanging out of their ears ask any supermodel is that attractive (laughs) no so luckily Raycons are sleek and stylish and that's what Axelrod and I live for they even come in a range of colorways to match anybody's style so yes David they have purple
2: Sleek and stylish used to be the name of this podcast. So, (laughs) right now, go to buyraycon.com/slash hacks and use code early BF. To get 20% off site-wide. That's 20% off any Raycon product, which almost never happens, by the way. Or save even bigger and get 30% off Raycon's exclusive holiday bundles. And if you think that Axe and I are overpaid for our fabulous
3: podcast, let alone Gibbs, you can even go to the store, but you pay a little more. But you can find them at Walmart or Kohl's. But you want the deal? Go online and remember the code EARLYBF at buyraycon.com slash hacks. For 20% off your Raycon
2: purchases. By Raycon.com slash hacks.
1: the role reversal of the two parties is so fascinating, right? It's like Democrats who are given to the kind of, you know, Gene McCarthy and McGovern style insurgencies are now like the top down command and control, like, fit and <laughs> get in line. Uh, no, it's it's true. just incredible. You know? Yeah.
3: Pull your, pull your endorse lever, find candidates. We're, we're going cook County exactly. here, but how dare you challenge our, our, our president. I think one thing that changed though is there are some shiny generational Democratic candidates who are starting to get known. You got Gavin yeah. Newsom from California, who looks like Mr. DeMauro and has at least yeah. a, a big potential state base behind yeah. him. You got Gretchen Whitmer, who is going to enter the big time and is also generational and attractive candidate. And of course, you got Mayor Pete out there. He's never going to take on Biden. We should point out about Gretchen Whitmer that she, she had a big night. Very big night. She's now in it.
2: She won by ten points, a race that was thought to be close. She she swept in a, a Democratic legislature. Yeah, she had a big night. And there are other young young stars. First, Michigan Democrat to control of the
3: Senate since 1983. Bit of a shock to us Michiganians who are used in the Republican world to hold on to that. But again, the crazy uh, the crazy wave uh, hurt the brand everywhere. So
2: also also they had an they had an abortion issue on the right ballot, on the ballot, ballot that helped.
3: polarized. But so. There's some shiny new generational Democrats wiggling around out there and that may start to frame the Biden thing a little differently going forward if
2: well you've also got new governors Josh Shapiro in right? uh, in in Pennsylvania uh, Westmore in Maryland I mean there are others listen uh, if I think that if uh, if Joe Biden decides to run I'm not in the camp that says somehow someone will primary him and he will lose the nomination. He will not. And if someone primaries them, they'll only weaken him for a general election. Uh, You know, I think there's a lot of affection for Joe Biden in the Democratic Party. But um, I, I kind of think there's a suspension of reality in this discussion that eventually is going to come into play and, and has to come into
3: play. You mean the wider discussion of is Biden up to? Well, yeah, just,
2: just whether if whether this is wise and what ultimately are the American people willing to buy it, you know? And yes, I mean, if Trump, if he's lucky enough to have Trump as an opponent, I mean, I, you know, uh, who has made himself toxic outside of his base, uh, you know, that's one thing, uh, if he, if it, if it's anyone else, it's another.
3: Well, that's part of Trump's problem because people look at Biden, they see political weakness on the R side and they're like, really, we're going to nominate the one kook that even Biden could beat? It's just another compounding factor, I think, in, in Trump's new situation. So look out for Larry Hogan. J-Mart's all over him. He's going to break the scoop that uh,
1: yeah, no, the, uh, <laughs> uh, the Turpin in chief, uh, uh, rising, uh, Lake, <laughs> you know, Acne-like, uh, act like from the streets of Annapolis to, uh, the corridors of power. No, Governor Hogan is sort from of the classic uh, blue state Republican governor, uh, kind of a center right guy who was very popular in Maryland. And by the way, uh, Mitch McConnell really wanted to run for the Senate. For the uh, Senate, yeah. against, uh, yeah. against Chris Van Hollen. And uh, like uh, a handful of other governors, he said, thanks, uh, but no thanks. Uh, didn't want to deal
3: with Trump. Well, it's the same thing with Sununu in New Hampshire. They both found out they have to have lunch with Cruz every week in the Senate caucus. And wham.
1: And not just that, but they had to have crews with their party activists at the county committee, too, right, uh, before right. they even got there. <laughs> that was the yeah,
3: other poor thing. Larry, he's in for, wait till he gets to the South Carolina primary. That's that said, I'd vote for him. Yeah. But that right. means he'd get three votes.
2: What about Sununu?
1: So here's the thing. I, I think uh, the party, and I, I say the party, I mean, the kind of donors, the strategists, the electives, I think they know that Trump's path is a divided field. And I think that there's going to be real pressure to not split this field again and, and give Trump a 32% uh, yeah. you know nomination while 2016. So look, yeah, Pompeo, you've got Pence, you've got governors like Hogan. I think you've got, you know, you mentioned Sununu, right? There's two Iowans, Joni Ernst and, and Kim Reynolds, who I can see running favorite daughter campaigns. But if if these people are simply splitting votes, I think that's gonna be a huge, huge issue in the primary. Yeah. I think the story right. of twenty twenty three is gonna be one word, coalesce. Coalesce. Mm-hmm. Can the party coalesce?
3: Sununu cannot blow up the New Hampshire primary by running. Right. You know, he destroys the franchise. And New Hampshire's the first place Trump could get hurt. So uh, for a lot of reasons, like Tom Harkin running for president on the Democratic side, you know, mm-hmm. took Iowa a long time to forgive him.
2: We should point out that on, uh, on the Republican side, it's generally a winner-take-all primary so trump's you know if he has a third of the party as his base or 39 that's percent, or 40 that's percent, exactly. he could he could run the table in a in a closely divided field in that that's sense right. that's, in, that's that's sense, in right. that sense in that sense weakness can be strength if it invites a whole bunch of people into the
3: race it's hard to change but it can be changed i mean when you want to fight trump you got to start looking at the terrain too and how you bend the rules a little to take away advantages and that, that's my other question for Jmart. And, and this is the big thing where nobody's talking about but the calendar where will it land what will the democrats do about iowa you know a really diverse state yeah. could sh- shuffle their deck a little in the if biden doesn't run yeah i think that's going to be a lot of the story of 23
1: Because republicans don't change their calendar i think they stick with iowa and new hampshire uh i think the democrats are going to change their yeah. calendar i think i think iowa basically has a i think iowa now has basically a toe tag on it uh i think uh, uh, Democrats have killed off Iowa. I think New Hampshire is no open question. I think there's some in the party, some frankly in the White House, who want to do away with New Hampshire uh, as one of the opening states. I think it's a little tougher, uh, but I think New Hampshire's uh, you know, open question. I've heard that Nevada really wants to go first, and that Nevada's going to make a, a very aggressive case to go first for Democrats.
3: Yeah, it's interesting. New Hampshire will fight to the death, but I can see if you're Biden, exactly. how you want a more exactly. diverse state.
2: There was talk of Michigan, but I wonder if all this talk of Whitmer makes Michigan less attractive.
3: Same problem for – That's a great question. You know, with Sununu. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be getting into that as we – that'll be next episode. (laughs) So what are we missing here? What else? And then we probably ought to wrap it up. We're going to skip the mailbag, folks. We will be back with that. It's just we wanted to to jam full an episode here in the wake of the incredible, amazing, upset-heavy – Shocker election we just had.
1: Well, if I could just pl- plug uh, a column that I did about the c- the coming succession among House Democrats, I think that's one thing we haven't yeah. talked about yet.
2: Yeah. yeah, Speaker
1: Pelosi. Look, if Democrats do lose the House, and it appears like they're going to, my understanding is that there is an enormous appetite among House Democrats to turn over their ranks, not just Pelosi, but all three of the octogenarians, Clyburn, Hoyer, and Pelosi. And uh, it's my understanding that Hakeem Jeffries, the Democrat from New York, is uh, the strong front runner to succeed Pelosi and uh, has, has really worked this hard. And I think... Uh, I think that that vote's coming at the end of the month, I believe. And so that could be a huge story and could also, guys, draw attention to Biden's age. Because if has right, got one right, year old right. in Congress being succeeded by right. somebody 30 years younger, that'll raise questions about Biden again.
2: Well, there's no doubt that when, that when Pelosi steps down, uh, it will, you know, the message will be generational change. No, and if it's Trump
3: again, the stakes are too high. The problem is who's their Trump beater,
2: uh, but anyway, we're going to have a whole but the, year. But, but, full but of the us. thing about that, Mike, and just let, and then we'll we'll wr- ring the curtain down. My point is, you don't, you never know who is the leader who will emerge until you have the contest. That's what campaigns, right. are right? No, no, for. that's
3: the foundry that makes it. But the Democrats, well, you know, again, we're going to have a year to figure this out. Yeah, yeah, we could. Talk the about the that. Biden thing does not have an easy answer. And it's become more complicated because Biden now has, particularly if they hold the Senate, not so true if Nevada goes the wrong way, uh, he's got a stronger case of his electoral success than I and I think most of us thought he'd have next week. Based on this election, which has shuffled the deck in a lot of ways, including House leadership, Trump, the Republican Party, this thing has been huge, and we're going to feel the reverberations for a while. So you know, I'm trying to land it again. Um, yes. So
2: I really I admire that.
3: We will be back with more hacking and bloviating, and uh, it's not going to be dull.
2: Yeah, Jay Mart, good to be with you, brother. Can't wait to 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 read your stuff on uh, every single edition of it in the in politico urge everybody to do the same
3: thanks guys absolutely and don't forget to file friday when we get the next wave of la votes because we we count slow oh, here yes. oh, we're yeah. mayor yeah. caruso could be the municipal yeah, upset sure. story of the we'll year see.
2: we're still we're still did we bet on this
3: no but i will i'll take caruso all right.
2: okay we'll tell let's talk about this after all right okay see you all
3: right thanks Jimmer.
2: thanks guys